Welcome to the Healing Wisdom Podcast. I'm Valerie Smaldone. Here, you get to meet fascinating people who've transformed their lives and other lives, and we discover how these folks embarked on their healing path. Diana Stobo is an expert on all things food and digestive health and early pioneer in the raw food movement. She has authored 15 books, is a sought-after speaker, and Diana founded and runs the Retreat Costa Rica. This is an award-winning hotel and wellness property named Best Wellness Spa of the Americas by World Boutique Awards and number one detox spa worldwide by W Magazine. And if that were not enough, Diana recently developed a nutrition bar company, Truth Bar. Diana, what a busy life. (laughs) <laughs> it was a busy life. I'm in the calm right now after the storm. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm I'm sure that there'll be more busyness coming up. But you have had a lot of accomplishments in your life. And I've just described a little bit about you. Let me turn this over to you and ask you how you would describe yourself and what motivates you really to get up in the morning. Oh, my gosh. It's such a big, big, big chunk to take out of a question. How would I describe myself? I would describe myself as a yes person. And when I say that, I mean yes to the universe and something comes my way and I I, I take advantage of the situation. So uh, in this case, you know, like the retreat was a piece of property that needed to be saved. And I just said, "Okay, I'm going to do it. I had no idea what I was doing. Honestly, I really didn't. It's not it's not like I had a full, you know, plan and business plan. I just kind of threw myself into it and I shaped it and I molded it and I sculpted it to uh, perfection. And that's kind of how I am. I'm a creator. You know, I the day to day running is not my thing. I, I have I have people who run things because I can't. I, I can't do monotony. I, I tried. <laughs> I, would, I think it would kill me. I, I paint. I cook. I anything that's big and and I pull out of the sky is what what I do. I you know I think some people would call that a project person. You know how people love projects mm-hmm. and a lot of people and a lot of people do that to their house. They're like, oh, I'm just going to create a new project. I'm going to build a gazebo. I'm gonna, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of me on a larger scale. Right. You know right. I, that's how I roll in life. So it's and, uh, it's a big life for you. It's a big, colorful palette that you paint for your life. Yes. You know, it's funny. My ex-husband used to say, your, crea- your creativity is an obligation. And I thought, God, what does that mean? And now I get it. I actually I feel the same about myself now. <laughs> How interesting. I get, these, I, I get these ideas and then I go... How far down that path do I want to go? <laughs> so then what motivates you in the morning? Is it just the possibility of everything? It's such an amazing question. I mean, I don't, I, I can't say that motivates. I think in the past seven years as I was developing these two companies that you just mentioned, I think there was, my mind just never stopped. So I would pop up at 4.30 and go straight to work and it was get it done, get it done, get it done. Uh, so we can move past this, this, this pain point. And now that I'm in this place where I, I've just learned and, and the lockdowns help me just kind of surrender to that quiet time, that time when you're not producing, when you're just, you're just in your house and you can't move. It's like, okay, how do I deal with this? So now I wake up because I feel good. You know, I, I, I like feeling good. I like, I like the morning light. Uh, I like the open possibilities. It's like, um, limitless, I love that you mentioned that the pandemic was a positive experience for you. You know, it's been such a a painful and traumatic time for so many. And yet many people have said the pause, the dormancy was extremely healing. Uh, And and that's sort of what you touched on, isn't it? I totally agree with that. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, 
I think the pandemic has been just a horrible situation for so many, including myself. It's been, I can look at it that way, but you always have to look at everything and what you've learned and what you've gained. And in this particular case, yes, my goodness, just not being able to move, being able to say no with an excuse that's valid. That's, that was a huge one for me. I don't like saying no to anybody. And I was like, I can't, I got stuck in Costa Rica for eight months. Like I couldn't come back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. And people were like, you need to get here. And I'm like, I can't. So we're going to have to deal with that and maneuver around it. And it, it was it, everything that started to fall probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. Well said, Diana. You are an expert, as I mentioned, in wellness, well-being, healing food. But this wasn't always the way it was. You had numerous health problems some years back. So let's go back in time and take me back to the early days of Diana. Who are you? What was going on? Oh, gosh. Diana was just living the dream. You know, she got married. She had babies. Um, She wanted it all. She wanted to have a beautiful house and healthy kids and, and, and a lifestyle. But she really didn't think past what we all know, kind of like, I don't want to call it um, standard, the standards, American standards, lifestyle standards. Mm-hmm. And I was just living that until my body just gave out. And when I started fixing my body issues, uh, everything started to open up clarity, you know. Um, and then I learned along the way that a lot of my illnesses, a lot of my issues, a lot of my um, uh, problems were based on numbing, whether it be food you know, food that wasn't great for us, food Mm -hmm. that was packaged, um, or emotions that we have, um, just the way we lived our lives. And so when I started stripping away all those things, I I began to see more clearly my soul, you know, my life, my, the, the reality of what things are and be able to discern between truth and false. And I, I, and I have to say, I am a, I'm a truth sniffer. (laughs) There's another thing I can sniff out a lie. And I call it, I call it out and people do not like it. And you sniffed out your own uh, to, to, to change, right? Oh yeah. Nobody's harder on me than me. You know, you ever get in an argument with somebody and you're, and most people will be like, that guy said this and he did. (laughs) And I'm like, go, what did I do wrong? Right. How did, how did I come off? What, what happened with me? And people were like, you did nothing wrong. It was that guy. I'm like, yeah, but something in him or something in me provoked him. I like that doesn't happen unless I allow it. So I've done a lot of study. I've done you know, childhood development. I've done emotional healing uh, courses. I've like I'm, I'm a life coach, a spirit coach. I mean, all those things I did before I had a brick and mortar hotel and a business with gut health uh, bars is um, I was a life coach. And so I had to look deeper than what you see. And I think that's what I do every single day. And fortunately, with every single person, <laughs> poor, poor you, <laughs> anybody who comes in my path, I look at the underlying issues, not just what's at face value. And so when you did this to yourself, when you took this deep dive, this evaluation, this truth sniffing of who you were, uh, and you were on all these traditional medicines and you lived the traditional American life, how did you, you said you stripped away, but how did you really take that leap to turning away from that and heading toward a different path well that was that there was a a complete turning point and that was one day when my children were really little uh and my husband traveled a lot he would leave you know monday morning tuesday morning on you know trips and not come back till friday afternoon pretty much every week 
And so I was stay home mom, I would say a single mom in that in that sense. And I had a I started vomiting up blood and I had this, I guess, a bursting uh, ulcer uh, in my stomach. And I had I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what that was, but they ended up taking me to the hospital. I had to get babysitter. You know, you're delirious. You know, when you're not when you're not right, you're delirious. Mm-hmm. I had nobody to call. I had nowhere to go. And I left my kids with a, a, a next door neighbor's teenager while I went to the hospital and they shot me up on morphine to calm the pain. And just when I got clarity on what was going on, they shot me up again. And at that point, I'll never forget it. I was like, I'm dead. I'm actually dead because morphine. I mean, I, I'm, I don't do drugs and I don't like drugs. I don't do well with my body. But in that moment, I thought I'm dead. And then I started to evaluate my life in the split second. And I thought, I can't live this way everything changed and what's crazy about that is that once i decided that everything needed to change everything that i needed started to flood into my life and that's when i became a yes person people teachers healers they all arrived as if the angels you know opened the clouds and dropped them in my path and that's when i changed i had to yeah that's an amazing story diana and as you were in that moment and you had that clarity you knew you had to change, but did you know what that meant? I know that we can't live like this, but what will that mean for me? No, I had no idea. And that is where um, <laughs> there was a thing that happened a little while ago on Facebook. I don't know. It was like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And people were still getting to know Facebook. And I remember someone said, use one word uh, to describe me. And, that was, and then everybody would describe that person that they knew. And I thought, oh, this is kind of fun. Let's let's be narcissistic and ask people what they think of me. Mm-hmm. So, so I did that, and the list of words to describe me was was it was eye opening. Let's say, and the word that really stuck to me was limitless, and I I, I owned it. I took it and I owned it. Brave, courageous, limitless, uh, truthful, honest. You know all these things, and I thought, wow, this is how I come off in the world. And when I thought about limitless, I thought. I don't know what's ahead of me, but I'm willing to jump off the cliff and hope that I land on my feet because during me jumping and landing, there's a lot of flying to do, a lot of flapping of wings and a lot of soaring I can do. And there's, and and if I end up dying or falling apart at the end of it all, at least I had a good ride. And I think that's how I kind of took everything. Um, I never really knew what the outcome was going to be. And I think if you adhere too much to the outcome, and this is true in coaching and, and, and psychiatry. If you are stuck on the outcome, you won't see the paths that start to open for you along your journey, you know, because you're like, no, 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 I'm going this way. And they're like, well, go this way. This is a better path. And you're like, no, I know that this is the path I need to get to to get to my outcome. But if you don't have a goal, a, a serious concrete goal, then you kind of take a lot of pathways and you learn a lot more and you'll get there eventually. You just might get there in a little more elegant way. <laughs> And one of the things that you did do in accomplishment, and it's worth noting, you had a major weight loss, too. In addition to everything going on here, you lost a lot of weight. And and you, you are extremely fit now and extremely healthy now. That's also difficult to do. Anybody who is overweight or obese, you know, it, it's a, the start is so difficult, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the self-esteem, it's amazing how people look at you differently, Um because there is there's this person right there's a nucleus of who you are and then you walk around and people see you because you're just a shining bright light and as soon as the weight starts to cover you it's a shield it's a barrier it's a it's a coating and they don't see you 
and and what happens is you start to lose yourself in it so losing weight is 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 about stripping away the things inside of you that don't belong i have never coached a heavy person who didn't have emotional issues it's just not possible and if they don't know what they are it's as they start to lose the weight they become they, they're like particles that drift away parts of themselves that no longer uh, belong to them and the people who can't lose weight is because they're stuck in their emotional trauma and it's true and it's every time you know everything that we think and everything that we feel adheres to our physical being and that's where illness and disease comes in and so what was the first step for you when you made this decision to to become healthy how did you start? Was it a complete food change, for example? Give me some of the the early start to this new regime that you uh, went through. Well, you know, the irony here is that it wasn't about the food so much for me. Um, I think I'm very sensitive. Not everybody's sensitive. Like I said, I don't do drugs because I'm too sensitive. I can't drink too much because I'm too sensitive. And I don't think that there's there's foods out in the marketplace that I could eat because I was too sensitive, but I didn't realize it. You know, if somebody was grabbing a bag of Doritos, I'd take a few bites. I had no idea that they could eat the Doritos. They could process them, but I couldn't. My body would just hold on to them, stick them. I used to call myself a lymphomaniac, you know, because everything's stuck in my lymph. Mm -hmm. It's like my body didn't know how to process the chemicals. So they just stayed in my system. And I just didn't realize this is when I was just standard American woman. I just ate whatever everybody else ate. I didn't think about it. Um, I was never a junk food junkie. I was never a fast food person. I was never an overeater. I just uh, assumed I was normal, and I wasn't. I was sensitive, and I was unique, and I needed to really cut out every junk, um, and, and that includes environment, and that includes uh, emotion, waste. I needed to exclude all the waste out of my system. I'm also allergic to like um, fluorescent lighting. These are things that we live in every day, and I'm sure a lot of people are, and they just don't know, mm-hmm. you know? So you add all that into the environment. You add cell phones in, and so we're still fighting a good fight. We're still battling what's what our environment and our, our world is providing for us, and we're not in nature, you know? So I think when I started getting back in nature, I built an orchard in my backyard. I started growing my own food, drinking green juices every day, finding herbs that would process. Then my body just started to heal naturally, and that's where weight came off. So it never felt like a diet or something that was restrictive. It was really opening up to a, a new way for you. Yeah, a, a lifestyle shift, a different way of seeing lifestyle, for sure. And so 100 pounds later, if you don't mind my saying, because that's a significant weight loss, you shed a person. I shed a person, exactly. <laughs> At least a little person. <laughs> I just am curious to know how your mood or your personality shifted with this new experience of who Diana was. Light. Light, light. There's a lightness. And, and, and it's funny, I just, you know, because of this whole lockdown thing, you know, I gained a few pounds and I just lost some weight, um, whatever, 10, 15 pounds that I needed to lose. And it's amazing how my mood shifted into lightness again, because it, it weighs on your, it's like a constant, it has nothing to do with the physical. It's how you feel. And, and I know everybody listening and yourself included, when you gain weight, it's not like, Oh, my pants are tight. I mean, you can just wear looser clothes, right? Mm-hmm. It's how you feel about everything that you do. When you take a bite of food, and tell me if this is true for you. When I take a bite of food, I can feel when my body loves it. Mm-hmm. And I can feel when my body goes, ooh, I start getting this tingling sensation, and that's where my lymph kicks in. It's like, what? Foreign object. We don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
and it like adheres to my system and I swell, right? Or my gut bloats. And these are all significant signs that we're doing something wrong. Now, that can also happen with emotion, right? We're in a place where stress, you ever had stress? You ever had the stress flooding your body? Oh, yeah. That, I know that feeling. That cortisol yep, hit? Yep. Well, guess what? That's an immune response. That's a hormonal response. And that'll make you fat. It has nothing to do with food. So when you start shifting and releasing all this mental, emotional, spiritual, uh, food, environment crap out of your system, you feel light. You feel like you can fly, you know, and that's what I love. That's what I'm addicted to. I'm addicted to feeling really good. When you see other people, because you are a natural empath, you're a coach, you're a teacher, and you see other people who are struggling, how do you approach them in helping them? Well, I learned, I learned a long time ago, never approach them. They approach you. And there's a, there's a switch that goes off in them when they start looking for help. And until then, you just let them be who they are. I've learned, and this is, this is a great uh, lesson from one of my teachers. You're either a preacher or a teacher. And a preacher just talks, tries to push on people, their philosophies, what they think is right, uh, you know, their ideals. But a teacher just lives their life in a lifestyle that is appealing to others. And those people look at it and they come to you and they say, I like what you're doing. I like who you are. I like what's, what's how do I do this? And it's all you can do is emulate, just be who you are. It's kind of like being a parent, right? You're, if you want your children to read, you read. You want your children to work out, you work out. You want your children to be good people, you need to be a good person. So it's the same thing as a teacher. You just need to be all those things and people watch, they listen and they ask the appropriate questions and then they instigate it into their own body because the truth is everything we need to know is already inside of us. It's just a matter of turning on the switch, you know, the right switch and seeing the writing on the wall. And once you embody it, you're on your own path. So true and very wise uh, that we all know what, what we should be doing or what we need to do is just getting that, whether it's motivation, inspiration, or switch or life change, as you have done numerous times. You lost the weight, you made lifestyle changes, you write books, and then you open this resort. As you said earlier, it wasn't something you planned, you came across it and you came to save a property. And it went on to become award-winning and probably your little jewel, right? Your little baby, another baby for you. Oh, for sure. You know, my, my staff, I, I, I hope they agree with this, but I'm pretty sure that they love me very much. But it's not been easy. I'm not easy. I'm very picky. I'm a perfectionist. And I have ideals that were not even available in Costa Rica when I did this. So I had so much pushback from them and I fought it and fought it and fought it. And I said, no, we have to have it this way and this way and this way. And they're like, oh my gosh. So I, I got the name of the picky gringa. And, I'm the picky gringa. <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh, this picky gringa. She's always, and, and I'm so glad. And they tell me every day, you know, we didn't understand what you were saying. We still don't understand what you're saying, but we're doing it. And that, I think, is what took it to the award-winning level. And they're so proud. They're proud of themselves for pushing beyond their comfort zone. But what I'm really proud of is that I put together a leadership conference, <laughs> a mini little leadership conference. And every Tuesday for five hours, I would sit with all the managers and all the top people at the hotel. And we would do um, coaching. And it was mostly personal about bettering themselves. And I think... I don't know if it changed the outcome of the retreats, um, you know, staff and, and how they 
treated the staff or anything or how they do their work, but I know that it helped them as people become stronger, more confident, proud. And I look back at that and I remember every Tuesday they were like, are we doing it again? And I, I couldn't tell if they loved it or hated it or resented me for putting this event on, but I see that they've become better people. And I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of them. And I think they're proud of themselves. Let's talk a little bit about some brass tacks. You know, I, I don't want to do this like tips and tricks because that's just not the way I work. But in a way, I'd like to have sort of a, a takeaway from this podcast, how people can improve their lives on a very simple basis. For example, you know, I started uh, during the pandemic, I did several things. I would walk every morning to see my little animal friends and see flowers uh, because it was such a tough time. I would drink water with lemon. I didn't do that before. And I would make my shake and have vitamins. Okay, so I made some very minor changes. And that's kind of pedestrian. And you're an expert at this. So help me with some better ideas on how to really start on a path toward wholeness and wellness. Well, it's not pedestrian. It's brilliant what you just did. I mean, you cannot eat an elephant in one bite. You have to take little bites of it each day. And so when we look at our lives ahead of us, it's too much. There's too much change that needs to be uh, done. There's too many things that need to be changed that is overwhelming and we end up failing. So what you did was perfect. Um, And I call it um, fast, fast, slow. Fast, fast, slow is what you need to do. So anything that you do, like let's say you want to lose weight, you need to do a severe uh, cleanse or diet for a week or two and then slow and then ease back into your normal lifestyle. Integrate that new two-week person, then do it again. And don't wait too long. Don't get on your don't go on the wrong path. You want to just do fast, fast, slow. I'm going to I'm going to start walking every day. I'm going to lower my caloric intake uh, and then I'm going to take a break once I've lost my, you know, 10 pounds. Even though I have 45 pounds to lose, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go out to dinner. I'm going to have a life. I'm going to meet with my friends. I'm going to have a glass of wine and then back on next week. And then you do fast, fast, slow. And it's the only way to do it because you you have to integrate this into your um, homeostasis. You have to find a balance. If you lose weight and you don't learn anything, you're just going to gain it right back. If you make significant changes in your life, you're just going to go back to your old ways unless you find a path where you can maintain your homeostasis. That's it's it's the best way. So what you did is perfect. So now walking becomes like, oh, I got to get up and go walking. Listen, we all do it. I'm a walkaholic and I have not walked the way I used to in almost two years. I can't even get it back into my schedule. But for 15 years, I couldn't get it out of my schedule. So all I need to do is get it back in little by little by little until it becomes my norm again. You see, mm-hmm. it's like it's like drinking coffee. You ever drink? You know, I drink coffee every day now, um, but I never used to drink coffee. If I go a week or two without drinking coffee and all of a sudden I drink coffee, that coffee feels like rocket fuel inside mm-hmm. my body. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with alcohol. You go without alcohol. You're like you drink a bottle of wine. You're like, I'm fine. You wake up with no hangover. But if you go two weeks without wine, you have one sip and you're buzzed and you go, oh, my gosh, my head hurts. I feel terrible. So we just have to learn to make the good feeling our normal. In a way, that can be applied to lots of different things, right? Not just the way we eat or whatever our habits are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, think about even in, in for my, I'm a businesswoman now, and sometimes I feel like I'm pushing a rock uphill, and then I have to kind of take a break and just let, let everything fall into place that I just, I put in place. You know, you can't control it. You have to let it go and let it fall into place 
for a while. And that's how you keep yourself sane. You keep it a lifestyle that's worth living and, and you feel good along the way. Yeah, l- let's just go there for one second because I want to ask you about your raw food life. Is this okay. is this completely raw food or do you integrate it into other kinds of food? I was I was completely raw for two years. Very difficult to do, um, but extremely healing. Um, probably should, you know, do that again. Whenever I do a cleanse, I do a raw food cleanse. It just ignites your system with minerals and healthy food. But I did it for two years, which means I cured everything that ailed me. Everything, including that ulcer I talked about. How do you work that? Because as you said, it's not easy to do. It gets bored, boring. Uh, you have to constantly have fresh fruits and vegetables around you. Uh, did your body crave anything else outside of that? No, that was the miracle of it. I think your body gets used to it. Um, remember, you could have nuts. So nuts are always a great mealy. Avocado became your meat. Mm-hmm. Um, salads, green juices, smoothies. And I love I love that feeling of fresh smoothies inside me, especially when I make them myself. I did do uh, I did do a little bit of dairy, raw dairy. So I had but that's hard to find these days. But when I was doing that, I would do um, like uh, kefirs, homemade kefirs and stuff like that. And that would give me this the satiability. The satiation, is that the right, right, right word? Sure. And then on top of it, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then um, that also gave me enough protein. Okay. But it's not a, it's not an easy thing to do, but it does it does change your DNA. I mean, going in for two years will change. You cannot recognize the person that goes in and does a year of raw food after their year. Two years will heal every part of your body. You know, you can get it back. Remember, you can go right back to normal and, and you'll get sick again. But it is such a wonderful way to live. It's just not easy in today's world. With all of your diet, and I, I'm focusing a lot on your food because, you know, we I do believe food as medicine exists. And I've heard and experienced such amazing stories from people who've completely changed their lifestyle with food. You then decided to create this truth bar, which is a bar, a nutrition bar packaged that we can easily consume what is it about this truth bar that's different from every other bar that is so available on the market today? Well, besides the fact that it tastes amazing, because I am a French-trained chef. So remember, everything has to taste good before it goes in your body. I know a lot of people who will eat anything as long as it's good for them, and it doesn't taste good. I won't, I won't tolerate that. It has to be delicious. Um, the, the bar is a gut health bar. It was actually created for gut health with high fiber, um, even high oils. Uh, low sugar and probiotics. I really vetted every ingredient, researched it t- at nauseum. Everything that's in them is is designed to heal the gut. I want to congratulate you on a, a very full life, um, continuing on with more to come. And before we go, this is now a new thing on the Healing Wisdom Podcast. I have five questions. And for each question, you have to answer, you know, quickly and succinctly. I'm not running a clock on this. But are you ready for your five questions, Diana Stobo? I'm ready. Okay. Question one. What is your morning ritual? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Stumped. (laughs) I get up. I roll over. I drink 20 ounces of water immediately. And I go straight to my computer, sadly. Okay. Well, that is truthful. I appreciate that. Question two. What food can't you do without? Goat cheese. Very nice. Love it. Number three. Yoga or meditation? Both. Mm. 
My Diana must be a Gemini. Okay, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> Number four, favorite quote. Uh, if you can buy yourself out of a problem, do it. Oh, that's that's a good business quote. I like that one. And yeah. finally, number five, what does healing mean to you, Diana? Uh, gosh, that's a, that's a big question. Let's see. What does healing mean to me? Uh, ridding yourself of anything that ails you. Succinctly done. Diana, as you look back on your life, then 100 pounds before, with all the illnesses, with the American dream life, with the picket fence in the house, now, Diana, today, with Truth Bar and with Costa Rica and with your new life partner, what comes to mind? Growth. I mean, that girl was insecure and lost and had no purpose. And Diana today is empowered and strong and uh, enlightened and um, sees the world with opportunity and, and limitless. Diana Stobo, founder of the award-winning Retreat Costa Rica, entrepreneur, raw food expert. This is the Healing Wisdom Podcast. I'm Valerie Smaldone.